Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Monday, March 6th, and we're going to start tackling for the next two podcasts a controversial topic regarding the movie and the book, The Shack. Tune in. I think you'll be encouraged. All right, so we've had a really, well, we had a crazy weather weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. I was talking about this on my Instagram feed, just the, you know, snow, and then it was hailing, and then it was sun shining and snowing at the same time. And uh, then our son decided to go for a little drive up into the hills and got stuck in the snow. And I was like, when, when, when is spring coming? (laughs) Hashtag this is spring in the Pacific Northwest. So I hope you guys are having a great uh, March so far. I have a brand new scripture writing challenge up at the blog, and I wanted to encourage you, if you haven't checked it out yet, if you haven't started scripture writing with me, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. And we're at the very beginning of the month. So this is a great time to get into the challenge. You'll notice that every day of the month has a different passage of scripture to write. And this is really important, especially for uh, the next two podcasts that I'm going to be recording, because you have to be in the Word of God in order to know what the Word of God says. And here's what's really cool um, about scripture writing. There's something powerful about putting your pen to paper and writing out the words that are in the Bible. The Bible says that we've been given as Christians, the moment we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit helps us to understand the Word of God. And so I've been hearing from lots of you. I so appreciate your emails. A lot of you who have been scripture writing with me for over a year, and some of you who are brand new to it, I especially enjoyed uh, an email that I got last week from a mom saying that she had grown up as a Mormon in the LDS church and had never really looked at the Word of God for herself. And she said, it's just like God is speaking just to me. And that is so, I literally cried because I thought that is exactly what the Word of God does. The Bible says that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to to pierce through all of the lies and all of the schemes of the devil and go straight to our hearts so we can hear what we need to hear from the Lord. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, as a little bonus, I include every month um, copywork pages for your kids. So if you have kids that are old enough to practice their handwriting, this is a great way for you just, and they're free. So you can just go there and you can download the copywork. I have copywork that goes with the printed version of this, as well as copywork with the one that I am doing currently. So when I do a scripture writing challenge, I post it that month. So I'm sort of making it up a little bit ahead of time and then posting it. And there's also one available that you can purchase. Uh, and it's a laminated, wonderful. It's the one I did last year, but it's the word of God and it works and it's never going to be out, out of date. So if you're interested in that, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the store and you can see all of the little um, things that we're offering to go along with the scripture writing challenge from last year. So check that out. Also, some of you have been asking me about my speaking schedule. A moment of silence for me getting ready to hit the road. <laughs> I'm just about I'm just about to the beginning. Um I will be in Manitoba in Winnipeg actually on March 17th and 18th for the MACH convention. Really looking forward to that. The weekend after that, I will be in at IAHE in Indianapolis. And then uh, three weekends out of April and three weekends out of May and June, uh, I'll be gone. So basically, my speaking schedule kicks into full gear here pretty quick in about a week and a half. And I hope you guys will come out to see me. I'll be in Kansas City and Albuquerque. 
Um, I'm doing Houston. We're doing Fearless there. So we're really excited about that in Katy, Texas. Uh, in May, I'll be in Ontario, Canada, and then we'll be doing Fearless in Poughkeepsie, New York. So come on out for that. Remember, we talked about that uh, last week. Doreen and I were talking about it. So Poughkeepsie is in between Albany and New York City, so just in the center of the state. So we hope you'll come out for that. After that, I'll be in Illinois at the Ocean Conference in Portland, Oregon, which is my hometown, and then Birmingham, Alabama, and Modesto. So uh, my husband and I and our entire family really covet and appreciate your prayers as we pick up the the travel season uh, in our family. Also, and I know this is only going to be relevant for those of you who live where in my neck of the woods. So if you don't live here, you don't have to listen, but you're going to be jealous. <laughs> we have been, uh, and I have an incredible story to tell and I can't do it today, but we have had an incredible thing happen uh, in our ministry. We've been praying for a long time now for several years, actually, that God would give us a facility to open a homeschool resource center in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, the Lord has provided that facility for us, and we are right now in the process of taking teacher applications. If you're a parent and you live in the Portland, Vancouver area, and you're interested in working with us to uh, minister to homeschool families, uh, let me know. You can do that by going to FriendlyPlantedFamily.org, which is the ministry that my husband and I have been uh, overseeing for the last, I don't know, around 15 years or so. And check that out. You can download membership applications. You can find out what we're doing. The center is about 17,000 square feet. It will open at the end of October, near the end of October, and it will include a bookstore, um, science classes for your kids, all kinds of just um, sort of a la carte resources that will help you in your homeschooling journey. So rejoice with us because we're excited about that. And if you live in this uh, neck of the woods, check it out at firmlyplantedfamily.org. All right. I, I want to talk about the shack today. Well, because the movie just came out, and I've asked my husband if he'd come on and talk with me about this topic, because we have discussed this at length in our home, and we've had a little bit different perspectives on the shack, and I think it's good for uh, listeners to hear uh, that perspective, and also where we very strongly agree uh, with the content of the book. So I want to kind of start out by saying that this is, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a history um, of the book. So for those of you who aren't familiar uh, with a shock. It's kind of an interesting story. Well, first of all, hey, babe. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. I love podcasting with you, as you well know. I like pretty much doing everything with you. Oh, so. likewise. And I know Carolyn Cordell's listening to this right now, and she was saying that the last podcast that you did with me, she was catching innuendo in your voice. So I was like, you better oh, look gonna, out. I'm going to be more st- careful Yeah, this time. people are starting to get the things that you're not saying. <laughs> so hopefully that will happen uh, again today. Uh, but anyway, I read... Uh, Paul Young, William Paul Young is the author of The Shack. I actually read The Shack when it first came out. Oh my goodness, I don't even know. When did it first come out? Years ago. Um, When it first came out, it was given to me by a friend and I read it. And I'll be uh, perfectly honest, I enjoyed it. I read it on an airplane, surprise, surprise. And I pretty much read the whole book from cover to cover. And uh, I there, there were some things about it that troubled me um, but not to the point where I was like, this is, you know, a piece of garbage and I threw it in the, you know, threw it away. So I, first I kind of want to give you a little bit of history, uh, of the shack. According to Young, uh, the book was written for his children originally. And in essence, it can be described as narrative, uh, is kind of a narrative, uh, theodicy. And that, in other words, an attempt to answer the question of evil and the character of God by means of a story. And in this story, the main character is grieving the brutal kidnapping and murder of his seven-year-old daughter when he receives what turns out to be a summons from God to meet him in the very shack where his daughter had been murdered. 
in the shack, Mac, who's Mac is the main character, and he meets the Trinity. And this is where it starts to get a little bit weird. So, and actually, even when I was reading, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, Aslan and Pilgrim's Progress, and all right, I'll roll with it. Uh, but he, but he, they describe God as Papa. And in the book, Papa is an African-American woman. I was going to say moment of silence, but then I just gave you one anyway. <laughs> uh, Jesus is a Jewish carpenter, surprise, surprise. And Sarayu is an Asian woman who's revealed to be the Holy Spirit. So the book is mainly a series of dialogues between Mac, this grieving father, and Papa, Jesus, and uh, Sarayu, who is the Holy Spirit. And those conversations reveal God really to be a very different from the God that is revealed in scripture. And so when I say I liked the book, and I, I've talked about this with my husband a lot, because he was like, you like that book? I can't believe it. So much junk in the book. But I think that the book has a certain appeal. And babe, I'll be interested to hear, you know, your kind of your thoughts on this. But for me, and we talked about this a lot, the book had a, a, a very strong appeal to me as a woman who um, has has experienced a lot of pain in my own life. And I think to see God, and this is what I liked about it, uh, to see God as as someone who genuinely cares, like deeply, you know, for him to get in or her, <laughs> see how weird this is, uh, to really um, come alongside this grieving father and identify with his pain and identify with his struggle. I mean, he really is, uh, the author is really trying to answer the question, which is an age-old question, sort of the big idea of the story, where is God in a world that's full of, of so much pain. And I think, you know, for someone like me, I grew up, you know, viewing God as this sort of authoritarian, you know, uh, you know, big guy in the sky who sent Jesus, but was just waiting to drop the hammer, you know, and uh, Paul Young really uh, brings the um, human side, I guess, the emotional side of God uh, to the surface. And of course, you know, then it's after that, it's sort of fraught with, with difficulty, but I understand that, uh, the pull, and I understand why people have have enjoyed the book. And it's interesting to me to note um, why there's so much, uh, so there's a lack of discernment in the church today. And this is where it gets troubling. And I've said this a million times in the podcast, and I'll say it again: we are living in a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. So men and women who claim the name of Jesus and say that they're, and say many of them, most of them say that they're born again, but who don't know the word of God and don't study it for themselves. And I think therein lies the problem. Absolutely. And that's, that is the crux of what I, the problem I had with it when you were reading it. And I, I had heard from friends who had said, this is a wonderful book. You got to read it. So I. Yeah. You tried I, to read it. I tried to read it for a while and I just, I just felt, I, I felt like it took too many liberties with theology mm -hmm. that I felt it becomes dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, we as people, as humans, uh, especially because of the pain that we see and experience and obviously varying degrees uh, from person to person, have a hard time at times uh, understanding how God could allow things to be the way they are. Mm -hmm. And when we, you know, believers who claim Christ, claim to follow Christ, uh, experience difficult times, I mean, they still struggle to get their brain around, you know, how God loves them, how God's there. And I get that. I mean, that's yeah, that's just human nature. We all struggle with things like that. But, um, and I think that's why, I know that's why this book appeals to people who are trying to get their brain around who God is and how he loves us. And I think that's what Young is trying, obviously what Young is trying to do here to, um, 
to deal with the things in his life as well. So with all that said, um, I think it can be therapeutic at least to, to kind of comfort the wound that you have in your soul with this balm to try to feel better about it. The problem I see with it is that the balm that you're using is got all kinds of issues and problems with it. And I'm, I'm concerned that rather than healing the wound that is inside you, it creates a new one or a different one that, you know, that the Lord I think really wants to heal. If you'd, if you would be willing to just see who he is and yield to him and follow him. And and that comes from reading God's word, listening to his spirit. I know I've talked to Christians who, you know, well, yeah, you always say, Christians always say, you know, just trust the Lord, just read God's word. But that's where it's found is in, in relationship with Jesus. I mean, our pastor was telling us in the service that we've got to be yielding to to Christ in order to uh, find the healing and hope that we're all looking for. And he made just a really good argument or good, he, he painted it in a really good way saying, look, if you're not looking to Jesus Christ and the truth of who he is as Jesus and as God, then you're missing it. Mm-hmm. What you're finding isn't a true relationship with God and you're not being truly broken and you're not being truly um, yielding to God in your life, but rather you're just kind of covering up things, but you're not taking care of the the real issue. And that is the difficulty I have with this book. I do think it's a probably a good read. I like I said I gave up on it cuz I just didn't it didn't it bothered me too much. It's, well, I think it's important if we're going to, you know, we're going to talking about the shack to say what are the things in it that you that we struggle with that you did, you know, especially and I did later just sort of look back at it after I got over the emotional part of it cuz that's what draws you in. Right. It's the emotion that draws you in. It's the story of this man who's lost his daughter. His daughter's been murdered. He was raised by an abusive father. So the dude has experienced a lot of suffering in his life. Right. But we want to find out, you know, people say, oh, the shack, it brought me closer to God. It brought me, you know, brought me closer to God. I think that the question is, uh, what God did it bring you closer to? Is it the God of the Bible or is it a God of our own choosing? When God reveals himself to Moses, he says, here I am, the Lord God, I'm compassionate and gracious. Right. God tells us in his word what he's like. He reveals himself. And the shack does a good job of showing us this good and compassionate and gracious God, but it doesn't do a good job of weaving in the consequences of sin. So we kind of push us push to the side the consequences of sin, which is why there's suffering in the world in the first place. And the book doesn't really address that. And and the other thing, and we're going to, uh, we're out of time already, I can't believe it. But the other thing that uh, I really w- want to pick up on when we come back and record Wednesday's podcast is that he, that um, Paul Young is doing something that's very hard to do. He is, he is putting, he's literally putting words in God's mouth. And if you're going to put words in God's mouth, if you're going to have God be one of the characters in your book, if you're going to actually speak for God, you need to be ridiculously careful to to speak for God is kind of a holy and I think even a dangerous thing. I would be, uh, man, you're treading on some pretty, pretty uh, deep water right there. And so every word that we write has got to be to be true. It has to ring true if we're going to quote God and put so many words in God's mouth. We better get it right. And there are a lot of questions that the shack raises. First of all, about the Trinity. I think you can make a pretty good case for uh, universalism. You know, I read uh, his publisher actually, uh, uh, Mr. Jacobson, had a 
uh, on his website gives a defense and he says, oh, no, this isn't universalism. You know, we, we you know, edited and edited and we took it out. We weren't going to publish a book that has universalism. In, and yet, when you read the book, there's definitely elements of universalism. Like universalism and yeah. universalism basically is the belief that all humankind is going to be saved, whether they come to faith in Jesus, where they actually re- whether they repent of their sins or whether they don't that everybody eventually is going to be saved. That's right. And this really is a theme that's woven uh, throughout Scripture. So we're going to come back uh, on Wednesday, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more critically. So now we've kind of given you an introduction to the shack. You know what the shack is about. You know that it's out in a book and in a movie. But I think I want to leave you with this idea, and, we'll, and I'll leave you with it again uh, on Wednesday, because this is really what uh, – what it comes down to. If you're going to go and see a movie like this, which again, you have the freedom to do, I'm not going to call it sin, right? So you have the freedom to go and see the movie. You have obviously the freedom to, to read the book. If you're going to read a book like this or see a movie like this, or frankly, read any book, see any movie, we need to do it like the Bereans. The Berean Christians were commended uh, by Paul for carefully examining in light of the scriptures, the teachings of the apostles. And so, uh, this is Paul, you know, a man who eventually wrote 13 inspired biblical books. And how much more should we evaluate the teachings of everyone else who we read, we listen to, or who we watch? So our view of God, this is the bottom line, should never come from fiction. It should come from the scriptures. And so do your homework so that you can do exactly what Paul said, which is to accurately handle the word of truth. We need to be able to do that. So if you're going to go and see the movie, and read the book, make sure that you're ready to have a conversation about it in light of the scriptures. That's the most important part, I think, when we're talking about the freedom that we have to see movies and read books that bring into question uh, attributes of God. So if you had a question about this that you'd like us to answer, please email us, podcast at thebusymom.com, and invite your friends. Link back to this on social media. We're going to pick it up on Wednesday and give you five reasons that you should be careful uh, when listening to The Shack. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.